Lord, we're so grateful for your word today. We thank you that it is a gift that we receive by your grace through faith. Not of works that we boast. We can't take any credit for this wonderful salvation that you have given us. It's all because of you and your doing that we are in Christ, forgiven, access into his very presence, children of God today because of Christ and Christ alone. So we thank you for today, and we need to hear from your word, Lord. Your word is life, it's power, it's living, and it's active. And we pray, O Holy Spirit, speak to us today. Mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Our thought today and our question is, can anyone keep the law of God perfectly? Up to this point, is there anyone in the room that has done that? Okay. Since the fall of man, no mere human being has been able to keep the law of God perfectly, but consistently breaks it in thought, word, and deed. It leaves us in a very precarious situation, doesn't it? The Bible says that none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks God. These verses that we read were kind of harsh, you know? I mean, they were rude. Weren't they rude? I mean, you know, we all think of ourselves as pretty righteous, don't we? We all think of ourselves as pretty good. And they were just rude scriptures, man. True scriptures. See, what we have in this uh, declaration for us today is the most explicit description of the total depravity of mankind in all of Scripture. By depravity, we mean an injured, perverted, spoiled, tainted, impaired state of the heart because of sin and separation from God. No human being born in time since time began came into this world has kept the law of God or has the capacity or ability or the power to keep the law of God and the righteousness of God. If we close in prayer right there, that would be very bad, wouldn't it? We have this awesome Savior that came to give us a righteousness not of our own. A Russian poet named Tujanev conveys Paul's thought perfectly by writing, I don't know what the heart of a bad man is like, but I know what the heart of a good man is like. And it is terrible. See, in our religious world, we, we gauge ourselves based on other people, don't we? Like when I went to Bible college, the first time I really drunk was in Bible college. But I didn't drink as much as other people in Bible college, so I felt like my relative standard was pretty cool. I was good. Whether you keep 1% of the law or 99% of the law of God, you are a sinner condemned by the wrath of God. See, sin had to be paid for. Our debt had to be paid. God is a holy God. We are sinners. And what God has done is he collided the two aspects of our reality, holiness and sin, and he collided it together in a huge collision on the intersection of our lives. And what happened is that God took all the impact. God took all the pain. God, through Christ, took all the cost. The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us 
that we might be called the righteousness of God. He took the impact of our sin, the impact of our shame, the impact of our guilt and our condemnation and our death on the cross of Jesus Christ so that we could walk away unscathed by sin in our self-righteousness. What a great God we serve. If you want to see the horrific aspect of what sin does, all you have to do is remind yourself of the death of Jesus Christ. The Bible says he, when he was reviled, he did not revile. When he was accused, he did not accuse. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter so that we might have life. He hung naked on the cross in humiliation and embarrassment, shame and guilt and condemnation. Mocked, scorned, ripped apart. His body was torn apart. His beard was plucked out. The thorns placed on his head were that big, blood dripping down his face. And even on the cross of Christ, he said, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. First time that the love of God between the Father, the Son, and the Trinity was split apart when Jesus Christ on the cross called out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We need to understand that your righteousness will not get you into heaven. Your striving, your trying, your trying to measure up, you're trying to do good deeds. The Bible says that when we come to, to, the, to the throne room of, of God, Corinthians points this out. We say, man, I, I healed in your name. I fed the poor. I went even to this stinking garage sale on Saturday, and I stayed there eight hours. I stayed there eight hours, man. And you're trying to tell me that that doesn't mean a hill of beans? Yeah, that's what we're trying to tell you. See, our self-righteous piety and moral perfectionism is as filthy rags in the face of God. When you place your filthy, self-righteous attitude like I'm all that before the cross of Christ, what an insult to the love and grace of God. But here we are, we keep striving for perfection. I can do this thing, man. I can live the law of God perfectly. We strive and we try. We do the shame and blame game, amen. We feel ashamed. I think I broke the record for the fastest ticket after getting a license to, to drive. <laughs> Anybody beat two weeks? <laughs> Brian did <laughs> All right. Right on, brother. <laughs> yeah. I was driving down from, uh, I believe it was from youth group, and there's a stretcher, stretcher highway um, that's a little bit darker than the normal highway in the city. There's a lot of lights and stuff. And I, I said in my mind, when I reach that stretch of road, I will break the law and the law of God, and I will speed. <laughs> right? So when I hit that stretch, man, I was like, yeah! In my Mercury Capri six-cylinder, which was pretty fast back then. Two-door, you know, like the Mustang. It was fast. So I hit that, I hit that, I hit that gas. 
the Lord didn't even give me like five seconds. <laughs> 70 miles an hour, the lights come on on the side of the road. I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. I was guilty before God. I was guilty under the law. My shame came in when I knew when I had another attempt, I would break the law again. I knew it. See, there's guilt before God. We're caught. We broke the law. And then there's the shame that I don't want to fulfill the law of God. What the enemy of your soul does is he accuses you with guilt. You broke the law. You're a lawbreaker. And then he reminds you, and you know what? You don't even want to do good. You're not even righteous because you have this desire to sin and be bad. And look at your thoughts and look at your words and look at your actions. You're a loser. How many of us have ever grown up in a family where you were accused of being a loser, like you never measured up, never, ever measured up, and shame just filled your heart and filled your life, and it became your very identity. There's a lot of people in this room right now that live under the shame and guilt and condemnation of their past experiences and their brokenness. See, what we do as believers in Christ is we look back and we look at the cross of Christ. We identify with the cross of Christ and as he died, we died. As he was buried, our past and our brokenness was forgiven and set aside. Here's the kicker. And as he rose from the dead, now we, raise, we are raised in new life. Amen? New life in Christ. To live out this life without shame, without guilt, without condemnation. Can you imagine what you'd think and feel if every minute of, of your life was portrayed in a reality show like the Truman Show, the Dan Show? What would you think? How would you feel? What would you think people would think, right? Well, your life is portrayed. Every thought and every word and every action, the Bible says, will be revealed in the end, and every person's motive and agenda will be set real and straight before God. Ooh, wow. That's kind of heavy. <clears throat> Even though we would fall short of the law of God, the Bible tells us that the law is good and holy. Isn't that something? Not one jot or tittle We'll go away from the law. Jesus Christ came and said he didn't want to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. The law is given through Moses. The Ten Commandments point you in the right direction. They show you the character of God and how you should live. They tell you about righteousness and eternal life. God's laws are like sermons that point you to life and point you to redemption and point you to salvation. Just hearing my words and the words of God today, you know what, you know what it does for you? Absolutely nothing, unless you respond by faith and say, I receive that. Everything that we have as believers in Christ Jesus is received. 
is received. Isn't that something? God's laws are like sermons. God's laws are like a finger that points you to the right road. Everybody take your finger and point if you want to. I don't want to force you. Okay? You ever tried walking on your fingers? Very, very tough. I've seen guys do their push-ups on, the, on their fingers, but one finger. See, if you don't have feet, you can't get to the road. Amen? God's laws are like a finger that points you to where you have to go. But you need this wonderful presence of God within your heart and, with, and, and within your life to lead you there. The Bible says that no one understands. No one understands. The word understands here in this passage of Scripture we read is the idea is put together. The idea is that we bring together or we put together like pieces of a puzzle to exhibit quick comprehension and understanding. How many of you love to put the, uh, the, the puzzles, 500-piece puzzles, 1,000-piece puzzles? There are some freaky people out there that love to do that, okay? <laughs> All right? Me, after about 10 minutes, I'm like, yeah! You know? But see, isn't it true, though, that Without God, we, we struggle so much to put the pieces of the puzzle of our life together. We never, never find satisfaction. There's always shallowness and hollowness, and we're always lacking something that doesn't make sense. We, we, go, to, we go to illicit relationships. We go, to, we go to booze. We go to drugs. We go to fame. We go whatever, whatever you go to that you try to find satisfaction and peace and love and grace. You're trying to put together the pieces of your broken life. And Jesus says, you can't do it without me. Paul is saying that there is no one who continually grasps or puts together the pieces of truth about God and his absolute demand for righteousness. Man is unable to comprehend the truth of God. Or grasp God's standard of righteousness. Spiritual truth can only be discerned spiritually. Amen? When you look at your body, okay? Nudge the body of the one next to you, please. We get so excited about our physical bodies, don't we? Hey, take a look around. Your body is decaying. Amen? Have you looked in the mirror lately? I got so many spots and dents and everything in my eye. I don't know what's happening. Our bodies are decaying. The biggest part of us is our spiritual life. The capacity that God has given to us to have this intuition and understanding this knowledge that we can grasp the, the wonderful, awesome things of God. But we in, a, in this world make our bodies so, so important. Isn't it true? You know, you, you watch a fashion show or, and you look at it like, what is that, man? Who in their right mind would wear something like that? And we just look at, you know, the, the shaming of, our, of people's bodies because... 
you know, we're not all that, right? It's not about your body. It's about your spirit. It's about your heart, right? And when God changes your heart, he begins to make this total, total renovation and restoration of who you are, mind, body, soul, and spirit, an extreme makeover, amen? You see, God doesn't want you to change you from bad to good. Like I tell my kids, God doesn't want you to be good, okay? He wants you to have an understanding of who Christ Jesus is and his sacrifice and love for you. You think that I would put up with my kids being good kids but not knowing Jesus when they face eternity? Jesus Christ says to them, I don't know who you are. I don't know you. Good means nothing in the kingdom of God unless your heart is changed and transformed by this wonderful aspect of forgiveness and peace and love and grace. Listen to this. A natural, Paul explains to the Corinthians, a natural unsaved still in Adam but not in Christ man does not accept deliberately and readily receive the things of God. In other words, we don't normally of our own intuition and, and, and understanding put out a welcome mat to the things of God. We run from God. We run from God. We know that by the story of Adam and Eve. What did they do after they, they, they sinned? They ran away from God. They hid from God. We don't seek after God. Are you kidding? At that point of sin, we all ran from God. Our fist was like this to God. God became the seeker. God became the searching one. God became the searching Savior and the rescuer. That he would have intimacy with us. This relationship of love and grace, amen? Intimacy. God's desire is, into me, see. Amen? Into me, see. See, what happens is, The world, the flesh, the devil strips away the oneness that we have with God. When we find that oneness that we have with God because of our faith in Christ, we begin to go to isolation. Isn't it true? If ever you have found yourself isolating yourself or hiding, you know that there's something in your life that you're not bringing to God and saying, God, shed your light and shed your truth on my, on my heart and on my life. Just expose me, man, for who I am because I need to change. Can't do it on my own. Free gift of salvation. Listen to this. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he is not or she is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Before you knew, knew Christ, how many, how many services did you sit in where the message of God was given? And you were like, whoa. Ooh. Right? And then all of a sudden, the wooing Holy Spirit began to say, oh, yeah, you say what? Well, I'm coming on to you now. Holy Spirit begins to work in your heart and all of a sudden your eyes be begin to go from black to a fog 
And then all of a sudden, the things of God are opened up to you. It's the spirit of God's work in your life. Amen? Can't boast about knowing God. He searched you down like a steamroller, baby. Rolled right over you with his love. We can't do anything to claim that we, we made our attempt to seek God. You know what? When somebody says, I'm on a search for God, I say, oh, really? What kind of God are you looking for anyways? I'm on a search for God. Normally, in my experience, it's they want to have an argument or they want to create a God of their own choosing that will, that will give them everything that they, they want in life, their desires, their intentions, their obsessions, right? Most people don't want God because when God comes in His holiness, no, 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 this is way too much for me. It's an amazing thing how the Spirit draws us. None can come to Christ except the Father draws them. He's a good, good Father. And He's drawing us. Amen? The Bible says, Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Lavished is the word unto us that we should be called the children of God. Receive the Father's love. Put aside what your father was and what your father did and your experiences with your earthly father. Your heavenly father blows him right out of the water. Amen? Amen. Your heavenly father is just, is right, is pure, is perfect, is righteous in all of his ways. And his concern for you is for your good. Lots of times we enter into situations where we say, God, just want to remind you, This is not so good. What he does is he works situations, circumstances, heart issues, so that we could come to our desired destination, and that is Christ and Christ alone. Isn't that awesome? Why are you here today? We have awesome coffee. How many are here today for the coffee? I am. I love the coffee. How many of you are you here to, 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 to just hear the worship band? Amen? We just got off the road. We, we hit a 12-city uh, you know, thing. We're good, glad to be back with you. How many are here to see other people? Amen? Right. We're the body of Christ. We love each other. When you walked through that door today, was it your aim... That you told Jesus Christ that, God, there's stuff in my heart I've got to give you. And there's stuff in your love that you have to give me. Amen? Amen. See, this is the body shop. Rick Archer knows what a body shop is. (laughs) He works on devastated cars of catastrophe that have been banged up, dented, broken. And literally, these guys work miracles to bring things back together. When we walk through that door on a Sunday morning as we gather for worship and celebration, we are broken people. We've been dented. We've been scratched. We've been broken. Holy Spirit comes down, makes us all brand spanking new. Amen? And this is the power of the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of God ministers to your life on a daily process, moment to moment. He takes us from faith to faith, from glory to glory, energizing us by his power. 
focusing on us on our own agenda and our own motives in order that we can be clear before God, the spotlight of his love and truth be upon us so that he can take out that stuff that keeps us in our shame and guilt and instill in us the loving wonder of being totally accepted by God. Romans 5 verse 1 we have been justified by God, and now we have peace. Peace, oh yeah. How many need peace, amen? You don't have to struggle. God's not after you. Where are you running? God loves you. Where are you hiding? God wants to know you. 1 Corinthians 2.14 We have not received the spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. How do we understand the things of God? It's not, let me tell you, it's not by your strong intellect, okay, people? It's not by your education. It's not by your academic tasks that you've taken care of. It's literally done by the Spirit of God and His desire to be intimate with you. He's asking you, into me see and that's our cry for for jesus is god into me see see what i'm really like so that you can take that and bring life the bible says no one seeks god that's a tough pill friends there's so many there's so many christians today living this state of mind and heart, living miserable, self-righteous lives, neither understanding or even seeking after the one true king. They might hear their voice, hear God's voice, but until you respond to him in faith and say, God, you know what? I agree with what you're saying about my life, and I need you. That's all he needs. He comes in. Amen? I love these two verses mixed together. Maybe we can put them on in the ESV, put them on the screen. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. And then we'll go to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Now, this is, this is an awesome verse. I want this to be massaged into your head, okay, and into your heart today. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to what? To sin. And that we might live to righteousness. Isn't that awesome? By his wounds you have been healed. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ Christ died, we identify with his death, we appropriate the death of Christ into our heart and into our life by faith, realizing, as Romans chapter 6 says, that we were baptized into Christ's death so that we might live. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, here it is, people, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Stop your striving. Stop your struggling. Get rid of your shame and your guilt. 
and allow Jesus Christ to come in. Amen? Amen. There are those in this joint today that have never, never accepted Christ as Lord. And every time you come on a Sunday morning, it's a struggle. It's just a struggle. Because when you walk through those doors, nothing has ever changed. And you go back to your, your life of shame and guilt and brokenness and defeat and lack of victory. I want you to accept Christ today if you've never done it. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? Let's say it again. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. You are a new creation. Old things are past. Behold. Paul says that to get your attention. Hey, wake up. Old things are past. Behold, all things have been made new. Isn't that awesome? Do you want a new life today? Stop struggling. You cannot ever, ever make it. You can't manage your own life. You need the rescuer. You need the savior. You need to come to terms with what, who you are and who our great God is. He's here to save you today. He's here to take your shame. He's here to take your guilt. And when you walk out that door, you walk in the spirit of newness of life. Amen? Amen. Newness of life. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's read verse 1. Sing it out, sing it out. Amen. Okay, Ephesians chapter 2. Here's here's the thing. God, God doesn't want... God doesn't want your badness, okay? All right? He wants your deadness. You are dead in your sins, okay? You are dead. And this is what we're going to find out. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. We know who that is. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, the mindset that's set by this world, flesh, and the devil, and were by nature children of wrath. Like the rest of us, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us. Can we say that together? By which the great love with which he loved us. Let's do it again. Because of the great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, our fist raised to God, children of wrath, children of disobedience, God has made us alive together with Christ. It's by his doing and his doing alone. By grace you have been saved. Amen? Amen. Raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace. Guess what? Kindness towards us in Christ. He wants to use your life today to show his grace. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing, people. It is the gift of God. Amen? Not a result of works so that no one may boast. And here's the kicker. We are his workmanship. His masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, not for salvation, 
but based on our love for him, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He loves us today. If you're bound up in guilt and shame, lay down that great burden at the cross of Christ. Amen? He took that shame. He took that guilt so that you might walk free now in the forgiveness and grace and power of the very Spirit of God. The Bible says that we are, very, we are partakers of the divine nature based on the promises, based on his precious work on the cross of Christ. We're going to celebrate and we're going to remember Christ, his death, his brokenness, and his shed blood, which forgives us from all of our sins. Amen?